Hey, uh, Brandy, there's a new advertiser on the show. No way. Supporting this wonderful podcast. No way. They yep. must be in the legal business. They might be. <laughs> there's two very common New Year's resolutions people usually arrive to. Do you know what those are? Start a business. That's one of them. Maybe be more organized. Quickly do both at LegalZoom.com. Oh, that's amazing. I always think about it when I'm on a plane thinking, shoot, I should have got that will because I'm going to die in flames. You haven't done that yet? I guess I haven't. You and need to do that. I'm gonna, You know what? I'm going to go on LegalZoom and do it. Getting your life organized starts with the last will and testament or living trust. Those are important as well. I need it. I need help. Protect your assets, your family, everything at LegalZoom. So if I want to incorporate, can I go on LegalZoom and do that? Yes, and that's what I did. Oh, really? Yep. They file all the paperwork. They do everything that you could possibly need. I need to do that because if I can go on the internet and do it myself, I'm going to do it. You're not going to pay that lawyer. Wow. And they have an A plus by the Better Business Bureau. You know, that is a very big deal. LegalZoom's step-by-step process was created by a team of experts in law and technology. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect you with a third-party attorney and provide you with self-help services. For special savings, enter Brandy, B-R-A-N-D-I in the referral box at checkout. Don't let another month go by before you take care of these things for your family and business, from wills to trademark applications, power of attorney, and even bankruptcy help. Go to LegalZoom.com for all your legal needs. It actually is a one-stop shop. Use LegalZoom.com. I'll get in touch with them and we'll make that happen. Oh, cool. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. Do you know what this is? It's stimulating, mind-expanding, the in-thing. It's the hula hoop of the jet generation. PodcastOne.com presents celebs, pop culture, fashion. No one gets to tell me not to curse. Oh, and some of that, too. This is Brandy Glanville, unfiltered. Now, here's Brandy Glanville. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Brandy Glanville, unfiltered and... As we all know, I have a new book coming out, Drinking and Dating. P.S. Social media is ruining romance and all of our lives. I've just realized all of our lives. But that will be out February 11th. It's available for pre-order right now on Amazon. Get to the Amazon button through the podcast one icon on my brandyglenville.com website. And pre-order the book. You, If you hate me now, you'll hate me more. And if you love me now, you might love me more. So it will give everyone a little bit of... Motivation. Motivation. A hateful motivation. On that vein, <laughs> I'm sitting here with my best friend, my gagent, the number one selling book agent in the country, Mr. Michael Broussard. Hi, guys. How you doing? <laughs> Um, Michael and and I go, we are like, I think we fight like an old married couple. We definitely fight a lot, but you're crazy like a fox. You've helped me in so many ways with this book. And there's something I want to clear up because it makes me crazy. What? People say I had a ghostwriter. Help me out. You had a collaborator. You did a brain dump and then she put it in the structure of a book and she, we all strategized on what the content should be. She gave it back to you and then you brandyized it. Yes. I did a brain dump. I've never heard that before. Yeah. I just kind of like, here you go, put this in some sort of order. And then she put it in order, gave it back to me and then I put it. But you're a control freak. I know. And you made it perfect and you made it have your voice. Well, it has my voice. It's my book. I wrote it. I know you did. But what I'm saying to you is it has your voice as far as like being funny, being witty, but also informative. And it was the the first book that we did together. It was the first time I'd seen kind of a tell-all self-help memoir. And in each chapter, you had like a takeaway. And the next book, that's what's great about <laughs> it too, is because there's a takeaway after each chapter. 
I basically, it's like, don't do what I say, do it, or don't do what I do, do what I say. You, it's also do what I say too. I mean, you're like, don't <laughs> do this, get on your Lexapro. <laughs> I love my Lexapro. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Lexapro. I promise you that. And anyone that has an issue with that can suck it. Uh, seriously, I don't make any like false claims about being a hundred percent perfect. And if this pill makes me get through my days as a better person, a better mother, and just like more sane in general, I'm going to take it. And you know what? I will wear a Lexapro hat. I don't care. In your book, you talk about the unicorn chaser. Exactly what does that mean? It's funny because I find like most of my guy friends in LA are sitting around chasing something that doesn't exist. Like, much like the mythical character of a unicorn. Uh They're chasing after, they want real hair, real nails, real boobs, um, an MBA, all these major accolades, academic accolades, and you have to be able to cook and be perfect and rock in bed. And every time they think they find that, they find something wrong with her. So they're chasing something that doesn't exist. Do you think that that's more of an L.A. thing or is it across the whole country? I think it's a male thing. I think anyone with a penis. Do you get that way? I don't know. I mean, you're gay, so it's different. I mean, you have probably chasing Kenny Joys around. I chase bus boys. (laughs) (laughs) I know that. Mason said, my son, my 10-year-old, what kind of guys does Michael like? And Mason said, bus boys. I was like, I mean, there are so many different kinds of bus boys. So it it was just very cute and funny. My kids are in love with you. I know. They're my babies. Pay them off. Why why do you want Michael to babysit you? He gives us money. (laughs) We get to go to Target. I'm like, oh, No, but boy. kids keep you young. If you tap into what they are, are doing and just listen to them and engage, they keep you young. Yes, they do. I honestly feel like when I'm with them, I feel like one of them until I hurt my back and they're jumping on me and I can't do it anymore. And then my age really kicks in. I'm like, oh, you guys, don't jump out from behind the bush and scare me. My back will go out. But one thing you told me when I first met you and when we take the kids to Target is you said, Taking the kids to Target is like a negotiation. Don't you think dating is like a negotiation as well? Life is a giant negotiation. I mean, honestly, if you look at the gives and the give-nots and meeting in the happy medium middle, I'm I'm so upset, honestly. Let's just break this down. I'm upset about social media today. I'm upset about the last podcast we had. I came into it looking at these comedians and downloading their stand-up things, and I came into it thinking I had to interview them and be funny with them Honestly, I'm so upset that one line I said got taken out of context and is now like on every blog, everyone's picked it up and they're they're really killing me today. I really wouldn't I cried this morning. I'm just I'm not feeling this like crazy judgment. Why is it okay for certain people to say certain things, but then I can't joke about certain things? Well, I guess the perception is if you might have started your career on the stage as being a comedian, you could get away with murder, but you started your career on the runway as a model and now you're on a hit reality show and I guess people just like to categorize you into what they think that you are, but I think that's so Social media, just like the subtitle of your book, how social media is ruining romance. I think it's not ruining romance. I think it's ruining our lives. I, I agree with you. I'm honestly, it's, it's. Uh, I just, I feel like, what am I supposed to do? I, I'm on a learning curve. I don't interview people for a living, and this is new for me. And this is something I really enjoy doing. But like, to what extent do I have to censor myself? I, honestly, I don't know. Well, it's called Brandy Glanville unfiltered, but maybe there should be a little filter. <laughs> <laughs> but then that becomes really boring too. If I'm not. Being being true to who I am and myself and being an asshole at times. And that's what I've always done. As you know, I stick my foot in my mouth and, uh-huh. and, and then you go back and you're like, Oh, I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. And if you, as long as you genuinely mean it, 
usually it's fine. I feel like I cannot do anything right. That's how I feel. I just know that I have seen it, like, just in my world. Used to, I could pick up the phone and get anybody on the phone. And now I can't get anybody on the phone. I just get text. I don't think people know how to interact with each other verbally or carry a conversation. And I think that they take it to the extreme and they get on the Internet, on the blogs, the message boards, and they start trolling. And it's just like they're just not living their lives. No, it's true. I mean, when I made the decision a few weeks ago to walk away from Twitter, like 50% of the time, usually I'm on there when I don't have the kids. You know me. I'm a Twitter whore. It is what it is. But I... For my own mental health, I honestly had to walk away a little bit. And even when you walk away, someone one of my friends called me this morning from New York goes, just so you know, you're getting a lot of hate today. I'm like, I just didn't want to know yeah, that. Yeah, right, right, right. And the other thing that really bugs me is like when you called me, we first met. Let's go back to that. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get a book deal for a long time. I was with Leslie. We, we, you know, we pitched this book deal and nothing was happening. We had a person say that you're not going to get a book out of this. All of a sudden... I'm on Housewives and we have a mutual friend and my phone rings and it's you. Mm-hmm. Never met you. Mm-hmm. And you say, you're speaking to me in a way. You said, I mean, like you said that to me. You said, you're speaking to me. You're a comedian. Mm-hmm. You said, I love what you do and I think you're really funny and I think I have a book. We should do a book together. And I, I was like, pinch me. I cannot believe this is happening. You did say that. I did. I felt like the fact that you picked up the phone and called me knowing that you have all these best-selling novels like it's novels and not novels or whatever they are books it was a huge deal i kind of felt like you know what i maybe i can do this maybe the door is not gonna be slamming in my face anymore maybe i can really make something out of this and you really made that happen for me until you told me to fuck off well you did leave me alone at a gay bar Well, I, I, in Santa Monica. Call, I called you and you didn't call me back for three days. And I called you back. I said, everybody calls me back. And you go, fuck you. <laughs> and then we got a beautiful friendship out of it. I, was, I did not enjoy being left alone, drunk in a gay bar in Santa Monica where I didn't even know where I was. Well, I it was Venice. Well, it was actually Venice. It's even worse. I don't know. Where, I don't ever go to Venice except for to see you. But at the time, I was like, where am I? How do I get home? We didn't have Uber then, unfortunately. Or I didn't. I now have it on my phone. But I was like looking for a cab in the middle of. That's a hard place to get a cab too. It was hard. Thank you. Where did you go? (laughs) (laughs) You left with a cute boy. I think. I don't all know. Is like you went outside and you were gone, and I was like, "What is happening here?" They don't have busboys there. No. (laughs) We know that that's your type. I don't know what that means exactly, but the fact that my ten-year-old does is it's pretty funny. Um. So continuing on, I did fire you. No, you didn't. Kind of. I think I, I did. I don't remember. I kind of did. And then I went to meet with that other book agent. And you're like, what are you doing? I just knew that you were mine and that I could help you get your message out there as far as like, you know, what to do, what not to do, whatever. And so, I, I, you know, some things are just meant to be. We are definitely meant to be. We um, we have the best time together. We really do. And until we don't. Yes, until we don't. <laughs> and this is something else I wanted to clear up. The word gaygent. This is something that you kind of came up with. You gave yourself this name, and I get so much hate for it. And I'm like, finally, you told me, just put my email on Twitter. And how do people react to that? Everybody was real positive, and they also wanted book deals. But, 
They were positive. I just look at it as like it's like uh, like Jennifer Lopez, J Lo, Benifer, Akimye. It's just funny. I just think it's humorous. But that's the thing. We we make each other laugh every day. Uh huh. And until we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> no, but we do. We laugh. We have the best time together. We laugh at the dumbest things, but it makes us happy. And I really feel like I don't want to go a day feeling the way I feel. I just want to make people laugh and make, I really just want to entertain people and be happy and make people laugh and like maybe kind of push the envelope a little. I'm not trying to, I don't know. I, I don't, how do I do this? Help me. I don't think I'm the person to help you because my jokes fall flat lots of times. So your, your jokes are more inappropriate than I could ever be. I mean, the stuff that comes out of your mouth, I, I just, I'm like, Oh my God, get away from me. I've run to the other side. I'm like, I don't know him. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the second book, I have a legit book tour. Like, I'm on the road for two weeks. You are. I've never done that before. But you always show up and do your work, and you just go. You just do it. You're like a trooper, and then you go to the next one, you go to the next one, and then we hope that we sell lots of copies. Well, that's a, that's the thing too. Is now you have to have a hardcover to be on the New York Times bestselling list. Our trade paperback. Yeah, that's that's our new book. Oh, but I thought I thought it was just the hardcovers that counted for the list. No. Well, on the internet, you can go like in NewYorkTimes.com and it shows up all of the list. But in the printed paper, which nobody reads anymore, <laughs> it's like uh, it, the ebooks don't show up on the printed paper that you get at the 7 Eleven or wherever you buy your New York Times. It's hard to find a New York Times in LA. It is, actually, right? Mm-hmm. You can get them at Whole Foods, actually. I think that. Barnes and Noble. Right? Well, it's hard to find a Barnes and Noble in LA. <laughs> I did one book signing at Barnes and Noble. It was really, really successful, and I had a good time doing it. At the it. Grove, yeah, that was a that was a. We're doing it again, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think people are going? Do you think I'm worried about the book a little bit because of just everything that's been going on and people being so judgmental? I'm worried, not as much worry as I had in the first book, but I'm a little worried that people are just going to take away like. The things that I did that I'm telling them not to do, that uh-huh. I made mistakes, and they're like, can you believe she wrote that? And I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm starting to turn out. The content of the book's really good. So I think that, you know, as long as you deliver a book that's good and funny and has some words of wisdom in it, I think you'll be fine. It's a good book. Thank you. Well, I hope you believe that. I well, mean, I don't date anymore, so, but. Well, I know, except for Kenny Joy. <laughs> yeah. You have a date tonight, told me. What do you mean you don't date anymore? You're in dating denial. Oh, is that a, is that a chapter in your book, too? No, but it's going to be in the next book. Do you think people should Google somebody before they go out with them on a date? Yes, because last night I met the cutest boy I've ever seen in my life. Uh-huh. He didn't have a wedding ring on. He got my number. We flirted all night. I went home, called you. We Googled mm-hmm. his ass. I found out this morning that he is married. So yes, I do. I, I said, I say no sometimes, but it's almost better to do your homework before you get in trouble. Right. I would not, I'm sorry, especially he clearly didn't know my past or who I was or not that I'm anyone, but that right. if your husband cheats on you, you're not going to want to date a married man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Nene Leek said, close your legs to married men. <laughs> and all you women out there have to close your legs to married men or men that have boyfriends. I'm not joking. We are our own worst enemies ladies let's like keep this together not allow this cheating shit to happen it's not good for anyone oh look at i'm I'm debbie downer today what i hate is when uh gay guys hit on straight guys i mean i hit on straight guys too but i don't really mean it you hit on straight guys all the time i don't mean it though but i hate when when gay guys actually think they have a chance with a straight guy i guess they wouldn't be straight if they had a chance with them well i don't know 
I think I, my gator's off. Like I, you know me. I think everyone's gay. Yeah, you do. I think everyone is. I'm like, oh no, he's gay. And I'm like, no, everyone's like, no, he's not. But then last night you told me the guy that I thought was cute was gay. Well, let's not talk about his name because I don't want to throw him under the bus with his wife. But very disappointed in handsome men all over. The only town. reason I thought he was gay because when I googled him, he had said it said his name, blah blah, gay scene, and I googled it, and there he was on top of another man. Okay, well that's all. <laughs> Okay, like now this is way too much information. So uh, on the book, we have to talk more about the book. You're going to come to New York with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be there anyway. Oh, yay. I'm so excited. I'm nervous. I'm really nervous with all like the public scrutiny I've had lately. I'm really thinking that this book, people are just going to pick it apart and call me a whore and like whore well, the new black. You but- handled Howard Stern the last time. So if you can handle Howard Stern, I think you can handle pretty much anything. I don't know. He handled me, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> he handled me like... I like to be handled. No, I mean, he, you just feel so comfortable sitting there. You're just telling uh, your innermost mm-hmm. dreams and secrets and all of that stuff. Who'd you dedicate the book to this time? I didn't look that. Oh, I dedicated the book to all the single women and men in this town looking for love. Yeah, okay. It wasn't any specific person. I dedicated it to you last time. I remember. It was because you, you really did change my life with a with uh, a book. You changed you. my life with a book. So you dedicate to all the single ladies out there. Men and women out there looking for love in all the wrong places. <laughs> but you'll never get married again. No, I won't. And will you? Done. Not that you can. Done. Been there, done that. You got married? No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I already had the love of my life. I, I, I'm not looking for that anymore. You want to be loved and in a relationship again. I do. I have a dog. Yes. We all know that you have a dog. <laughs> you also have Munchausen syndrome, but that's all right. We'll get into that another time. Uh-huh. Surprised you didn't bring Dino with you today. I was going to bring him, but I thought that he might make noise and it would be disruptive for this podcast. <laughs> Dino doesn't make any noise. He's just like a silent scavenger. Oh my God. It's the truth. He is he is the love of your life. It's true. But I do see you kind of in need of a partner. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Nope. Why? I'm just too selfish. And even like when I read your book, I thought... God, it's a lot of work to go on these dates. <laughs> it's like I went out, I was at Islands the other day and there was this guy and a girl there. The guy wasn't as cute as the girl, but the girl acted like the guy was cuter than he was. And she sat there and looked up at him like Nancy Reagan looked up Ronald Reagan, adored him, and laughed at every stupid joke and everything. And then when it came time for the check, he goes, Do you mind if we split this? <laughs> And I was just, and I asked the server, the bartender, I was like, does that happen a lot? She goes, oh my God, you have no idea how much it happens. And she goes, but they, what the guys don't understand, the women have to go get waxed and they got to get their eyebrows done. They got to put a new outfit on. They got to get their hair straightened. So the $50 check that they split 25, 25, it really costs her more like 300. You're saying we're high maintenance? No, I'm just saying it takes a lot of dollar power to get you girls ready to go on a date. It does. It does. No, you're right. I mean, we are definitely more high maintenance than men. Um, I do know a few high maintenance men, though. I'm not going to lie. No, I'm kidding. But I'm just saying that I think I don't care how far we are. I think that men should pay for the first or second date. I totally agree with you. I think once you get into a relationship and if there's money issues and you're both making money and you're in love, then you can split right. the check because you love each other so much and you know the other person can't afford it, but you want to still have that time with them out of your house, like sitting at a nice restaurant every once in a while. Um, you and I have had this conversation before. I tend to pick up the check everywhere I go for everyone. And it's something I 
after writing out the biggest check of my life for my taxes the other day, I realized I have to stop doing that. How do I stop doing that? The number one way you stop doing it is just don't go out as much. So there you go cut it in half right there. But when the kids are with their dad, you know, I'm not going to sit home alone and cook for one. That's depressing. I don't know. It's it's tough because I tend to pick up the check a lot too. And I've just got to where if people don't reciprocate, like for me, I don't mind picking up a check as long as people come and say, oh, can I help you out? Can I take Dina on a walk? Can I do? There's ways that you can give back. If they can't pick up a check, there's other ways they can give back. So just going forward for me, I'm not going to be picking up a check for people if they, I don't want anybody to ever take more than they give. It's, and they don't have to give money. They can give other, other ways. ways. Right. I don't. <clears throat> I don't know how to, to rein it in. And, you know, Alec gave me a lecture. like, you have to stop doing that. You can't, you know, your friends have money. They let them pick up the check. But I always worry that someone's worried about the check. So I don't want anyone to worry. And I want anyone to have the best time they can possibly have. So I get it. So there's no stress at the table. I got you on that one. I know. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I got. I just got to be more like you get it this time. I get it next time. But it's hard too because like I have a lot of sober friends, and you know, alcohol is expensive. Yeah, clearly, yeah, we yeah. we both are drinkers. So if the check comes and I've had two glasses of wine at sixteen dollars each, and they are drinking Coke, I feel bad. You know, like I feel like I should just get this. I got you on that one. Yeah, you know it's I mean? a ten dollar pasta. Yeah, it's, right. uh, I don't know. It's hard. I maybe I should just not have sober friends. Well, I don't <laughs> trust people that don't drink. First of all, but um, <laughs> let's talk about one thing in your book that I was going to ask you about because I'd forgotten about it, but now I've remembered it. You say like if you go and you get lucky with some guy. Oh, don't say get lucky. I'm sorry. They're lucky. I love that song. They're lucky to get the loving. All right. I think men in But general. you do, one thing that stood out on the book, you think it's, you, you never spend the night the whole night. Not for a booty call. There are rules to a booty call. Tell me the rules. Okay. First of all, no mouth kissing because it's just way too personal. I think we all learned our lesson from Julia Roberts. And that's why hookers don't kiss. That's why hookers don't kiss. It is just too personal. No spending the night whatsoever because no one looks as good in the morning the next day that they did the night before when you came in your and by the way the walk of shame in your high heels and your skin like in your fur your pants uh, not hot uh-uh. at 10 a.m. it would have been hot at 11:30 p.m. when you left after uh-huh. the hour of sex you had and you could leave with a little dignity mm-hmm. um, but no 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 spending the night whatsoever and no so now what conversations the mm-hmm. reason you're there is so you can both get off and that's it there there's no what do you think he's going to say? So do you want to go out on a date? If he was going to take you on a date, he would have took you on a date. He called you at 1130 on a Wednesday night knowing you would show up at his house within 20 minutes because you are what you are. You're a booty call. And once you become a booty call for a man, there's no turning back. There's no more that you are always a booty call. There's no going back and having a relationship at that point. I've never been a booty call. Wow. I, I've been turned into one from an ex-boyfriend. And it was just, I couldn't let go. I couldn't let go. And he knew it. And he just didn't want to be in a relationship. And he would just like dangle the candy. Come over. I miss you. You know, at 11. And I, this is a man I had a year long relationship with. And I was thought I was in love with. And I just took whatever he could give me. And that right. was it. And it was really unhealthy. But then I learned how to make the boys into my booty call. <laughs> Do you think that I've read the book several times and I know that there's some stuff about some of the guys you've dated, but even before you were married, do you think that people are going to play a guessing game? I absolutely think that people are, you know, we, I did put their names in there. There are a few uh-huh. you know, celebrities that I dated, um, but the legal team took it out. Mm-hmm. So 
I think there will be a giant guessing game and I'm going to have to, you know, I don't know how to get around that. I, I can't, I'm not going to be able to, I for once am going to be sitting there saying, I can't answer that question. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'll just be like, Bleh, it's this person, it's that person. But honestly, I'll, I will be there. Like I, that's when I will need like tape over my mouth. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Well, you can always write an album about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, let's not even go there. You are a country music aficionado, and you love your country. I love country music. Yeah, I don't. I know. Um, but that's okay. I, we could still be friends. We could still hang out every once in a while. No, but seriously, as far as the book goes, the audio version was so emotionally taxing. Uh-huh. I spent two whole days in this little tiny, nothing like this room, this little tiny box. Mm-hmm. Oh, you went. Yeah, you yeah, saw. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was so emotional to relive all that and just hear myself say it out loud. I, I'm really proud of that. I, I left there after two days of being in a t- teeny tiny box, really being proud of myself for the first time in a long time, just because you can, you know, it's really easy to get down yeah. on yourself a little bit here in this town where everyone's judging you and you say the wrong thing like me all the time. So, you know, it's always going to be happening. And I just, I feel like this, I sat, I did the work, I wrote the book, I did the audio, I'm going on a book tour. I'm doing it right this time. And I just, I'm really honestly proud of myself. Well, you should be. I, I mean, because I always say, you know, I get pitched book ideas all day long and i've just learned that what i say if i'm not interested in it is everybody has a book in them just not everybody's lucky enough to get published you are lucky enough to get published and not only get published but actually strike a chord with the people that Scorned actually women the, everywhere everywhere <laughs> so you know you should be proud of yourself and you know writing a book is tough it's tough, tough, tough. And you know I'm a control freak, and you know I would never let anything go. It has to be perfect oh. in my head, whether it is to anyone else. Uh-huh. It just couldn't. Even when we were going over the bullet points to put out for you know the press. magazine yeah. for press, I was like, I'm not feeling this. This is taken out of context. It doesn't make sense. That's my phone. <laughs> Do you think when you go on dates, it's bad to take a phone call while you're on a date? Yes, it's horrible. That's the worst. The, Do guys ever the, do that to you? Yes, it's happened, and I almost walked out. I'm telling you, I, get, I said, you have one more chance. I do not put up with that. I just think it's so disrespectful and rude. And I mean, like, listen, if you're if we're both there and we're not on a romantic date and we're like, he's a real estate agent, he's got like deadlines. I get it, but. If you ask me on a date, my time is just as important as your time. Don't ask me on a date and then be on the phone with someone else. That is just like such a mood killer. I'm not having it. When you are casually seeing somebody and they text you, sup, S-U-P, <laughs> what's your reaction to that? You know that. You know I wrote that. On the book. Like, hey, it kind of puts, listen, if you're out there and available, I might be. I might not want you, but I might want you. So you have to be very careful with your response. It, it is a game. The whole it's romantic all a negotiation. Life, romance, it's a negotiation. What are those things called that when people text and they put those little characters? Emoticons. In? What the hell is an emoticon? <laughs> it's a grown-up way of being 12. It is so, I've actually, I've decided no more emoticons for the boys. I told them, if you send me like a happy face and hearts and balloons, you're a pussy. And Just come I give me a hug instead. No, I don't even, I, first of all, I'm not a big hugger. I mean, but, I thought you meant your boys. Oh, no. No, I'm talking about grown-up oh. men will send me like a tr- like a text with a, like a heart bubble at the end. I'm like, who died and made you Hello Kitty? Uh, I don't understand. I don't either. No, another thing I don't understand is a group text. Oh, those are nice. I just did that to a bunch of people <laughs> on accident. And, there, and people were like, 
what is this? I'm like, yeah. fuck, shoot me now. I'm so sorry. And I grouped in people that weren't friends with each other. So they're like, oh, you're Kyle from the show. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Kyle's like, I really feel like I'm intruding on private conversations here. Can you delete that group test? I, I don't even know how I did it in the first place. I was real bitchy and I got one. And Omar, you met Omar. And I emailed my texting back. I said, I don't do orgies and I don't do group texts. <laughs> don't send me another one. It's, it's really like frustrating. Orgy. It is. It's a technological orgy. Yep. And no one's getting off. I'll tell you. You're just <laughs> getting mad. Because I was like, who is this? And I'll say K and then another K. There's Kim and Kyle. I'm like, oh, oh, oh man. Do not get me started on the waves of technology ruining all of our lives. Well, I try not to text and drive, but I can't say I always. You have to stop. I you know. can barely drive without. Like, I know. You can't but drive. <laughs> when you go on the 405, though, you can tell that like, people are texting because they're, they're weaving. Yeah. Or they're just eyeballs are looking in their lap no. and they're not even looking. <laughs> well, I did pull up to someone the other day that was doing the grossest thing. What? Oh. Picking the nose at the Masturbating. Ah! No. I know. And I was like, ah! And you know, my car's a little higher because it's an SUV. <laughs> I had like the window of this gross big fat man in a little tiny Mercedes next to me and I was like, this is disgusting. What? I guess he got, gets off on it. I don't know. But really, really, really crazy. There's some people here. Where? It's exciting. On the front. Oh. <laughs> I've got some fans. You do. You what? have a lot of fans. What's that dress all about? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> Be quiet. They can hear you. <laughs> Um, um, Put in so, mouth. So, yes, that's you and that's me and that's kind of who we are. But, you know, like, I don't know about the rest of the country because I've kind of been a bubble out here. But all of my straight guy friends claim they want girlfriends. All of my girlfriends claim they want boyfriends. But none of them will do the work to be in a relationship. Well, they, they won't. That's why they can get my breakup book February 11th and come have a little party, pity party with me. I think I want to do, like, a singles mixer for the breakup for the book. Okay, we could do it at the rooster fish. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that. All right, All right. this is Michael Broussard. Thank and you guys. I love thank being you. Here. Thank you, Michael Broussard. This is Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. We'll be right back. Bye bye. Brandy Glanville Unfiltered will return in a minute. Brandy, that was an uh, awesome interview with your book agent. How long have you known Michael for? Since my last book came out, about two and a half, three years. So February 11th is when the new one comes out. I know. I'm so excited. February 11th. And some of your listeners here might not have time to necessarily sit down and read a book. They might want to listen to the book. Good for them because I did the book on audio and you're going to be able to get it on audible.com. Audible.com is a place where you can download... Basically a resource. You can access audiobooks online. I'm a busy guy. Yes. I have a little bit of time to read. Sure. I don't have as much time to read as I would like to. I would like to go through and reread Catcher in the Rye and all of Kurt Vonnegut's work again and all this stuff. I can't manufacture extra time to do, do it in your car. So I can listen to it in my car using audible.com. You can listen to my voice all the time here at the podcast. And then when you download from audible.com, you can hear my voice from drinking and dating for the audio I did for it. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. I think it's a more emotional connection to the writer than having to read it off the page. You get to know people a lot better when you hear their voice speaking their words. I want to download it on audible.com to see how I come across. This is the whole new world we're living in and Audible is making it possible. With over <laughs> 150,000 titles in virtually every genre, you'll find what you're looking for. You can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com slash brandy. B-R-A-N-D-I. 
I. It's Brandy with an I. Oy. Jeez, people. <laughs> Audible.com. Download Drinking and Dating. It's out February 11th. Don't forget, you can get a free audiobook and 30-day trial today by signing up at audiblepodcast.com and you enter the word Brandy. B-R-A-N-D-I. Audiblepodcast.com. Drinking and Dating. Audible. Do it. Do it. Do it. This is an important announcement for anyone with a student loan who is having trouble making their monthly payments. If that's you, pay attention, because there's a special toll-free hotline that has been set up especially for you. So grab a pen and take this number down, or put it in your cell phone, 1-800-652-3707. That's 1-800-652-3707. When you call the National Student Loan Relief Hotline, you will get free information. That's free information to help you relieve the overwhelming financial burden of an ongoing, endless student loan. If you are behind, late on payments, or even in default of your student loan, the National Student Loan Relief Hotline can help you. You may also be able to cut your payments in half right away. The National Student Loan Relief Hotline can also stop the harassing phone calls, wage garnishments, and even remove tax liens. The National Student Loan Relief Partner Companies have helped thousands of people just like you fix their student loan problem. Call 1-800-652-3707 for free information today. That's 1-800-652-3707. You're listening to Brandy Glanville, unfiltered. Unfiltered. Welcome back to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. I'm sitting here with the very sexy, beautiful Bobby Brown, the video vixen from the 90s that has a new tell-all memoir out, and I cannot wait to read it. Bobby, say hi. Hey. Thanks for being here. Do you understand that I was obsessed with Star Search, and <laughs> I was obsessed with watching you. My grandma, she turned me on to it, and... I wanted to be you. That's I so didn't cute. have boobs then, and oh all, all you made me want boobs. Oh, that's so sweet. You're the reason I got them. Oh I have God. them now. How old They're, were you when you were watching that? I am only a couple years younger than you, so really? I was in high school, oh and God. it was it was just like I don't. It was like the magic of L.A., and I thought that it was everything that L.A. was. And you weren't from here? No, I'm from Sacramento, Northern oh, California. Okay. So yeah. it would just seem like. I don't know. It was a dream, you know, and yeah. I, I was just obsessed. And Ed, did Ed McMahon ever hit on you? Uh, yeah, he was kind of lurky, pervy. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a direct hit on. He was actually screwing my roommate. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I went to go pick her up once and he opened, <laughs> he came down the stairs um, butt naked and I was like, oh yeah, I got to get, I got to get the fuck out of here now. Oh so, my God. Yeah. Was, is this while you were on the show? Um, yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was always, it was hot. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I mean, he was like 100 back then. Pretty much. Like, that's crazy. It was like socks with rocks. It was disgusting. Oh, my God. That's crazy. I I was wondering if that was happening then because this is like big old guy and like these hot chicks running around. I could not imagine it wasn't happening. I think some girls probably would go for it because you know how L.A. is. Yes, I do. Yeah. You know how that is. Sadly. um, I was, yeah, that's my roommate. And so. um, (laughs) She's like, can I get on the show after Bobby? Yeah. And so she did that thing. Uh, But I did partake in taking the credit card and go shopping one day. Oh, that's not a, that's not a horrible thing. Yeah, Listen, yeah. if you she have to look at him naked, he should give you the credit card at that <laughs> right, point. Right, that was my payback. Yeah. Did you? No, did you write about that in your book? I didn't. Oh, I oh, didn't. good. We got some juicy gossip yeah. and like fresh material. Yeah, it's exciting. So you name names in your book. I do. I've got like three books worth of material. They had to cut so much stuff out. Really? Yeah. yeah I t- I say too much. I'm not a liar, but I 
Overtel. Oh, welcome to my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. I know, right? Now, yeah. you used to have a mole. Do you still have it? It's um, It was a freckle that I had tattooed. Oh. And so I sometimes darken it, sometimes don't. Okay. I was because I was obsessed with the mole. I wanted I wanted to have one because of you and Cindy Crawford. Yeah, it wasn't a mole. It was a freckle, but I was obsessed with her mole. Oh, right. And exactly. that's why I did it. Oh, yeah. see? Oh, I was wondering. Mm-hmm. That's so crazy. This yeah. is so exciting. So are you sober now? Because I was watching the trailer for the ex-wives of rock and it said you know all the girls got sobered up and now they're together no is that I th- are you thinking of athena maybe um maybe. i'm no no I drink no. i have i do whatever i want right okay no i just it's good to know good i'm not time. sober i'm just i was curious no no I'll, she's um she's the one who was went into rehab and i help her out with that situation but um i still partake in whatever i have a I sober do. best friend too it's good to have a driver around when yeah. you drink too much yeah it really does help don't laugh but i'm always the driver anyway so, really? Yeah. I don't drive anymore. I got a DUI three years ago, and I decided no more, just Uber it forever or yeah. taxi. Yeah. Just it's not worth it. Yeah. And that night in prison was the longest night of my life. Oh I my call God. it prison. It was like in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I wasn't. There was like tabloids in the jail cell. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So we have to talk about Leonardo. So oh you God. say he has a big penis, but actually oh. one of my friends slept with him too and she said the same thing she did say yeah. the same thing okay, she said it was really big he grew into it or not like because no I, I just, he was young when it happened so i was startled by what i found obviously but i thought you know maybe he grew into it like you know kids do with their teeth no their i know apparently but she i was in i think i was like 18 or 19 i was in paris and one of the girls that i was living with had a fling with him and she's like it's huge i'm like oh my god i can't believe i know this right now and when i read yeah. it i'm like it is i Confirmation: Leonardo has a giant penis. Yeah, thank God. I, I was waiting to, for somebody to come out and go like, "No, he doesn't." I'm like, "No, he did." No, he. he yeah. Did. I mean, yeah. and it's all at that point. It's all kind of well for you because you were a whore. No, I'm kidding. Just <laughs> no, joking. No, hey, call me no, for you, you knew what. I mean, no, I'm kidding. Um, but at the time when you're really young and you don't know what what big is, you know. Well, I just lo- broken up with Tommy, so yeah, so, I, I knew what right. big was at that point. And how was that? Tell me about that. Do you talk to him still? Um, we communicate via email sometimes, depending. Is he married now? Mm, he's engaged. Again. Mm-hmm. Right. This is what this be. So do you have hepatitis? No. Oh, good. He doesn't either. Oh, he doesn't? No, I think that that was a, um, a publicity scam. But personally. does she? Pamela has it, though. I don't think so. I, her children would have it, and they don't. Oh, wow. But who would want the publicity for saying I have hepatitis? I don't know. I think maybe it was. I, that's just my personal opinion. Right. No, no, I, I, know, no, doctor, I know. I but, understand. But he doesn't have it. Her kids don't have it. I don't have it. Right. Um, she says she got it from him. So I think it's. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I would don't. never want to do that. No, me neither. <laughs> no, me neither. I was not, it's not a hot victim stance look. In your, I was reading the little excerpts of your book. You say you can lose, you were losing 15 pounds in one week. Yeah. Like just crystal meth? Yeah. Nothing like, You else. know, in your 20s, you have like a three-day turnaround. Like, yeah. Basically. I mean, no, it's true. If, you were to, if I were to do it today, I wouldn't lose anyway. Yeah. You know? No, really, I mean. But. So you have a daughter. I have a 20, she's going to be 22 tomorrow. That is crazy. Yeah. Does she look like you? She looks like a cross between Janie and I. Um, you guys had, don't look alike, but the blonde hair. He had like big blue eyes. And- yeah, she's got the, the most gorgeous eyes. She looks like an anime character. But also, what, what do you think she's going to say about the book? Because I got a lot of flack from my book. Like, oh, what are your kids going to say? I'm like, my kids. My well, daughter loves it. I mean, I first of all, I went over the, the parts about her and her father and stuff and covered it with her before I sent it to the publisher to make sure she was okay with it. Well, stuff. she's 22. She can tell. I mean, yeah. you can have that conversation with her. Yeah. 
And she was. She cleared it all. And then she just read it like a week ago for the first time. And um, first, first she did. She told me, I've only skimmed to the parts that I'm in and uh, gave me all the typos. I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> You're like, that's what I have an editor for. It's yeah. fine. No, it was after the book came out. Oh. T- typos. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. So I was like, kill her. And, um, and then she just read it to fruition and she said, I'm really proud of you, mom. That's really good. And I said, did it make you sad because about her dad? And she said, you know, I'm sad every day about dad. So it's Aww. like, you know, and I was like, yeah. I'll tear it up. But she was. So you're really, really close proud. with her still? Yes. Very oh, close. I've always been close with her. Um, we talk every day. And what and does she do for work? She's a writer. She's uh, on the Dean's, Dean's List in college. And she's doing really well. Yeah, I'm really proud of her. She just went to New York to go meet with some um, publisher publishing houses and meet with people like that to see because she's graduating like in a year, I think. Oh my god, that is that is a huge deal. I mean, it's so not. I mean, I have a a fifth grader and a a and a first grader, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's going to be in middle school next year. Fifth grader and first grader, they grow so fast. It is so true. I want them to stop growing right now. I'm like. My babies. I still like. I call my babies. They're like, don't pinch our butts in public. I'm like, they're so moms. cute. Boys love their moms so much. It's so cute. I know. No, I I'm obsessed with them. They're my life, and I'm really. I do worry about down the road when they read my books if they're gonna get some flack. But you know, what? I think hopefully they'll know that I never said a bad word about their dad in front of yeah. them. And that I never did I'm, either. No, I would never. I never did that and, I'll show you, you know, after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, and uh, then I'm providing for them. I'm putting a meal on the table. Yeah. We have a roof over our heads. And I think down the road, I'm hoping they look back and say, she did it for me. I think they will. I think they'll be supportive of you because, like I said, boys love their moms. And, and um, you know what? You are. You're being a great mom. And I So so your daughter didn't read any of the raunchy stuff about the guys that you bedded? She did. <laughs> um, she's like, um, that's pretty That's pretty gross. I try to skip over those parts. But right. um, we talk like that anyway. Like, I'm pretty... Uh, you're a young mom. Like, you, yeah. she's probably more like... I don't know. My mom's young, too. So yeah. we, we have a, more of a friendship than her telling me what to do. And it's always been that way. Yeah. And I think it same. happens. Yeah, same with us. Um, she was asking me, like, because I've lost some weight lately. You look great. Thank you. Are, like, your boobs are huge. Are they, they are. You got, are new? Are they new? Because no. I want to say, always, Not. they're the same ones mm-hmm. forever. Well, no, no, no. I've had, like, four surgeries oh. in my 20s. Okay. This is, I haven't had surgery on them in years. What? How big I, are they? I think D. Really? Yeah, they're big. I feel though. like I want bigger ones. My girlfriend was just in here, Kristen, and she just got Ds, yeah. and I have Bs, which... Want, want, I'm over it. <laughs> I feel like as I get older, maybe a C cup. I don't know. I, I'm just feeling like I'm filling out a little, like I'm not as skinny as I used to be. You and are it's all so about, dead. You're no, crazy, girl. But you know, as you can, oh, it's all about proportion. If my ass yeah. is a little bigger and my boobs get a little bigger, then I'll look skinnier. I think you look great. Oh, I actually. think if you want to get them done, <laughs> do it. I think whatever makes you happy. No, I am. I'm on that same boat. I tell yeah. my friends, I go, if you, you know, don't let anyone judge you, you do what you want to do for you. That's right. Because it doesn't matter what people say to me anyway. It's how I feel. Exactly. In that moment. Anyway, right. And so. if somebody tells you you're beautiful and you're having an ugly day. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because yeah. you know you're having an ugly day exactly. and you think everyone's looking at that one pimple on your face and they're not looking yeah. at it. They're yeah. looking at your tits. So, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> – no, it's seriously. So, I want to go – I made some more notes. So, okay. Tommy and Leo. Yes, Leo oh. has a big penis. It's exciting. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> Dorff he used to hit on me for 13 years straight. <laughs> 13 years. Like I can he, imagine. He just doesn't give up that kid. No. Did you read the did you read the part in the book? I did. I read a little little bit. He is pretty foul, I will say. He like texted me out of the blue the other day. He goes, "Do you miss me?" You're all uh, Why would I miss you? We've never even kissed. And no. He's Ew, funny. no. I You're, mean, 
He's a very good-looking actor. I think he's a great actor, but he's just a little nutty with the way he hits on women. He's retar- He was retarded. Like, I was so brutal with him that my friend was like, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. You met Leo at Granville. Mm-hmm. That's where I met my ex-husband. Get out of here. Yeah, so we're in the same little... Circles, but yeah, we never but ran I into never, each other. No, so I would have, like, stalked you. Yeah, I'm so sure. No, I really would have. I was <laughs> obsessed. I'm telling you, I was obsessed with you. And I when I was talking to Art about you being on here, I was so excited. Oh, my God. I called my sister. I was like, you That's don't know, so you know cool. who I'm interviewing today. I'm so excited. I've been so excited, too. I've been telling these guys. I'm like, oh, my God. I've been <laughs> tweeting with Podcast One. And it's, they're like, we know. It's exciting. It is. It's like, it's weird that I feel like I've been in this town for so long, but our paths did, they just never crossed. But I met Eddie at 23, and then I was like taken out to the valley to put out to die. Are you best friends or? Um, no. Because I'm Team Brandy the whole, all the way. Oh, thank so you. you. Know, and have been since the gate. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Um, we try, you know, it's, it's a constant you battle. You the kids, yeah. Yeah. It's, but. you know, I, I, you care about him as, the father of my children. I don't yeah. want anything negative to happen to him. But, mm-hmm. you know, we just, it's always the little, little digs. jabs and the digs. Yeah. Ugh. So annoying, huh? It is. It's Listen, like, that's his punishment. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's know. horrible. And what's so, even more his punishment is that you're doing so well. I know. I, I know so that love. he definitely, you know, the second him. my child support check was like basically nothing, I'm like, don't worry, I got this. I, I got it covered. I'm babe. like, don't it's worry. It's all good. Yeah. And, and I'm like, enjoy your time off. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> I was a little bitchy. I was like, oh, you have the right to be, dude. Come a on. little bit. But Seriously. I mean, I try to be nice, but sometimes, you know, he knows how to get under my skin. So it's like, you used to do crystal meth. How did you stop doing that stuff? I moved home. I had no goal or future in sight. My dad and my stepdad died. And, um, oh my God, I'm sorry. I, oh, it's okay. And my mom suggested I work at Subway. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Like I lost my mind. I was with both feet kicking the windshield of her car, like a psycho and just said, I'm, I have to do something. I have to, you know, so I started from the ground up very bottom and worked my way back slowly. It took time. It's taken me 20 years, but, yeah. um, but how did yeah. you get back on your feet? I went to rehab. I had a very good support system, family, friends. Um, and then just, came back here and went, you know, lived on someone's floor or couch and like got a job, a regular job and just step by step. It just got, you know, better and better. But I have to say that being grateful has really changed things. Like, you know, it's made things so much different. And, uh, and I think that I'm being rewarded for the, for being gracious. Well, also, I mean, it's extremely humbling experience to have had it and then to have lost it to then never have had it at all exactly so it's i think it's almost twice as difficult to come back from that yeah so i applaud you for that i'm very proud of you you. i know it's hard raising a daughter and look at her she's on the dean's list and she's she's amazing she's not that's the most important job you'll ever have is being a mom so you've succeeded in a lot of ways other people can't yeah so you gotta you're a trooper yeah even if you have to write about having sex and so do i we all do you know people get mad about it just like guys do it can write about it and and brag about it all day long yeah but if a woman does um we're We're trashy horse horse. yeah and sell out horse yeah sell out horse that's another one yeah it's like i'm all fuck you dude really it's such a double standard in so many things Mm -hmm. it makes me crazy that guys can brag about oh yeah i hit that i did this and it's like you know what yeah why we're gonna put on paper they need to have like some something to answer to it's not fair yeah then maybe they'll treat us better knowing that we're gonna go talk about it exactly and this is what i'm thinking (laughs) yeah right good yeah so are any have any of them that you've talked about reached out to you are they worried if anything they've hidden under a rock (laughs) 
if anything. I mean, I haven't lied. Yeah, know? no, so. I mean, it's different. I mean, you seem very honest. And I think I as long as you're honest, is there anything really like bad negative in there? I don't, I wouldn't say it's negative. I mean, I don't consider it negative. Um, they maybe didn't want certain things discussed possibly, well, whatever, you know, intimately, whatever. But um, I don't. I'm not talking shit about anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's your truth. I mean, if you yeah. were a part of it, you have a right yeah. to talk about it just as much as anyone else. Exactly. Very, like, I'm like girl power all the way. I, I think we can I'm do, we can do anything. Yeah. And like, so your show, are you really best friends with all those girls? Yeah. We've been friends for 20 years. Um, I mean, we have times where we don't speak at all. Right. Because well, you're so like close. My, it's yeah. family. It's like siblings. Um, and of course, more, some are more annoying than others. <laughs> um, and we let them know that. And, but you know, at the end of the day, it's always forgiven because we've known each other for so long. Right. You know? Um, but yeah, like Athena's my best friend. Sharice has been my best friend for 20 years. Um, Blue, you know, and I were friends. We didn't speak for a while. Now we're friends again. And you guys dated a lot of the same guys or not uh, really? No, not, not the same guys, but in the same band. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like crazy. Athena's brother is Tommy. And right. My ex. That. And uh, Blue's ex-husband was in Warrant and my ex-husband was in Warrant and Sharice's ex-husband was in Motley. So, you know. You know, I have a CD in my car that my sister made me, and the number one song on there is Cherry Pie. That's crazy. I love, it. I love the song. I Thank love. You. I can see the video in my head. Yeah. It was just who, what I wanted to be doing. Yeah. I wanted to be you. Seriously, I was just like awesome. in awe of Thank it. You. I know. I mean, I was just thinking, this is what life is about. These, well, good like, thing you weren't. Well, right? I know. Well, not really. I mean, I think we all find our own paths, but... Yeah. You know, I eventually you. I kind of I moved to LA and got a boob job, so we are kind of soul yeah. sisters. Yeah, I we mean, just got to put our blue jean shorts on and go. I know, but walk. you know what? I have to say, do people ever like? It's so hard getting older in this town. Uh, competing with your former self. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. couldn't. It's like people look at pictures of me when I was twenty. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not twenty anymore. I've, it's difficult. I um, mean, somebody was supposed to something the other day, like Bobby's got wrinkles on her neck. I'm like, I'm 44. Right. What the fuck do you expect? Of course I do. Like, I mean, I, I'm not going to be flipping my hair around, crawling on the floor, you know, these days, unless you have a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to have wrinkles. I haven't Probably. had plastic surgery yet, but I probably will. Yeah, one day. I don't think there's don't anything know. wrong with doing whatever you need to do. But yeah. the people on the Internet, you cannot read those posts because they are angry. Too. I do, too. I, I, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm just like you. You read all the good ones. You're like, whatever, whatever. And then you get the negative one. And you're like, Dude, I can't I'm stop. 41 and I have I kids. The and they're like, don't engage. I'm like, oh, I'm, oh, engaged. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm engaged. It's right on. I know. I can't help it. Me neither. I wish I had that gene that was like. Walk away. All the rest of the girls don't. I know. I don't know. We're yeah. fighters. I think ultimately what it comes yeah. down to. And you know, I'm and a I'll middle child. Everybody else too. Me too. Yeah. My fr- if you fuck with my friends, you fuck me with too. me. Me too. So my girlfriend Kristen, she's on Housewives in New York now. Yeah. And she's like, "How do you deal with all this hate? These people are horrible." I'm like, "Yeah, keep going." Yeah. I go. You cannot care about what one person thinks. Yeah. Not everyone's going to love you all of the time. And it's personal because it's us. It's not a character we're playing. It's our lives that people are judging. So it's hard not to take personal or to fight back. I it think. is true. I, I yeah. you know, it's like we're not playing, you know, we're we are ourselves. They're judging yeah. us as human beings. Yes. But they don't get to see the whole entire no. they see us for a half an hour a week or an hour a week for a few months out of the year and then they think they know us. And mm-hmm. it's like so frustrating yeah. the judgment that these people think that they can put Ugh. Yeah, it's very frustrating. It um, is. But I have to I'll just tell them to fuck off and then move on. Yeah. You know, but I, do, like, I definitely yeah. can't help it. I Me have either. to What's your sign? Scorpio. You are? All my best friends are Scorpios. What are all you? All my girlfriends. I'm a Libra. Oh nice. I don't mm-hmm. see. I have my best friend is Scorpio. All my other ones are Gemini's. They're crazy. Yeah, I get, I get attracted to the same kind of girl for some reason. They're yeah. like strong, outgoing. I don't know. 
Um, yeah. so I want to hang out. I know. Let's, let's do it. Do something yeah. fun. All the, I told the girls on the show that I was coming. They were like, "I want to meet her. I want to hang out with her too." I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna hang well, out." I, with her first. I will come and hang out with you guys. I'm excited. That would be so fun. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because we're all single except for one. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, are you single? Yeah, I'm single. You no, know, like no. you know, there's just gross guys that I have sex with on occasion. Just yeah, to, yeah. You know, whatever. But I just no, twenty nine year old. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, all, all the guys that hit on me are young. Everyone's re- or really, really old. Yeah. There's no like middle ground forties. Really no, me neither. But they hit on me still. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, no. I did just break up with this guy. I was like forty four. It's just it he drove me nuts. It was just about. It was very physical and a great physical relationship. But yeah. The rest of it sucked. Yeah. So. I know exactly. I just got an eight year one like that. Oh god, yeah. And then just met this twenty nine year old who is amazing. I know, but here's the thing: in ten years, when we're older, they're going to be at their prime. Don't say that. I'm telling you, it doesn't. I mean, it's. I think about it all the time. That's. Oh, I don't want to ever be in that situation. I don't want to age either. I know. Me neither. It's. We kind of have to. Make Maybe go for guys in their forties. Well, I know I'm it's enjoying difficult. this one. He's helping me lose weight. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess this is how the I sex is weight. so good. And so often. Oh yeah, they have a lot of energy at 29. Yeah. They're like in their prime. That's what I told my daughter. I'm like, he's packing. She's like, oh my god. <laughs> she goes, ew. Are you talking about his junk right now? And I went, <laughs> yeah. So that's really gross. I'm I like, have to see a picture of this girl. I'm. My I daughter, can. Uh, yeah. I she's just awesome. Well, tell us the name of your book. Dirty Rocker Boys, Love and Lust on the Sunset Strip. Dirty Rocker Boys, Love and Lust on the Sunset Strip. It just sounds naughty. It is. I know. I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait. I want to see the reaction from these guys. Bobby Brown, the gorgeous, sexy, beautiful, buxom beauty from the videos in the 90s. And from Star Search. And XYZ of Rock. And Oh, sorry. That's oh, okay. yeah. That, that show, XYZ of Rock. <laughs> You're the best one on there. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Brandy Glanville Unfiltered. Download a brand new episode next Tuesday at podcastone.com. Stay tuned for the latest AP News headlines from Podcast One right after this. AP Update. I'm Tim McGuire. Pope Francis is in the heart of Mexico's drug trafficking region to say mass for cheering Mexican priests, nuns, and seminarians. AP's Nicole Winfield reports from Mexico City. He's celebrating mass for Mexican clergy and nuns, and he's expected to give words of encouragement as they try to minister to a people who have really been tormented by this gang warfare and violence related to the drug trade. Winfield adds that the Pope traveled to the city to show he is in sync with the local archbishop and cardinal, who has been active in bringing the church to the people. Francis's visit to Morelia is also a sign of a vote of confidence for the archbishop. Alberto Suarez Inda. Francis made him a cardinal last year, which is a strong signal of the respect that he has for him. In his homily, Francis urged the clergy to be inspired, to get out of their comfortable lives, and to fight injustice. AP Update, I'm Tim McGuire.